0: hey everyone this is jason and welcome to the bold moves only podcast today i spoke with fion Ferreira, a 19 year old scientist and engineer who discovered a method for extracting microplastics from water So we'll be speaking about his discovery, microplastics in general, and his journey as a young, ambitious scientist. We started highlighting the plastic crisis earlier this year when we hosted a film screening of The Story of Plastic. More amazing film screenings coming soon, by the way, so be on the lookout. But I never want to stop talking about these issues. It seems like people talk about problems in waves, but whenever we have the opportunity to highlight an issue and someone taking bold action to combat it, we will take it. And I'm extremely excited to share with you my discussion with Fion. so let's get into it. Hey Fion. welcome to the Bold Moves Only podcast.
1: Hi, uh, so great to to connect. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for our discussion over the next, uh, yeah, the next part of this podcast. And I'm really excited to to hopefully share some of, of my ideas behind my projects.
0: So why don't we start by having you talk a bit about your discovery and method for extracting microplastics from water?
1: Yes, yeah, so um, essentially, I really, really love building things. And uh, building things, I know that means a lot, but I like building things mainly that don't work, uh, but one of the most famous things that actually has worked for me is a method to remove microplastic particles from water. So microplastics are really, really tiny little bits of plastic, normally about less than five millimeters in size, and these microplastics can be harmful to, to us. Um, fish, uh, wildlife, and a lot of things in between are not very good, and essentially I use a mixture of vegetable oil, plant oil, cooking oil, like canola oil, which you might use, um, and rust powder, uh, also called magnetite, uh, to remove these plastics from water by simply using a magnet.
0: And what it, what kind of threat do microplastics pose for our environment?
1: Microplastics really um, are still quite um, yeah, a hot topic, an unknown field, um, but it is rumored and some research suggests that these microplastic particles, um, in humans at least, if if they're ingested and they're in our drinking water all the time, um, that these little particles can cause a variety of different illnesses and different human conditions. Um, It's been linked to different cancers, um, Alzheimer's and things in between. In fish and other wildlife it has been shown to have digestive issues as well as um, Again, in them inducing diseases uh, from the plasticizers and other toxins that might be absorbed on the plastic surfaces.
0: And like how much plastic do we ingest? Like does this water bottle likely have plastic in it? Does the water in this water bottle have plastic in it? The bottle definitely has plastic. (laughs)
1: Um, From my testing and other papers that I've read, I, I think that almost every single water that we find, like it's even been found in in the polar ice caps, contains little plastic particles. Um, As per how much, that is really, really um, a big question. And that varies so dramatically. Uh, But I can almost guarantee you that there are plastics in that water bottle. Mm. I very much doubt that they would be leaching from the, the plastic of the bottle into the water. I would say that they're most likely plastics that came from your tap um, came from the, the water system might have come from rain uh, from the mountains or or from other leeches in, in, the, in the cleaning system.
0: Super. Uh, so what inspired this project? I'm, I'm sure it was a long process before you really had a clear vision as to what you were doing, but there must have been that first moment that made you think that this was possible.
1: Um, well, I think that I pursued quite a few different ideas throughout my, my project, and uh, and you know these started with simple filtrations where I was passing water through through a filter, and uh, then they became gradually more complex. Um, so I think the first moment where I really thought ah I might be onto something here with this method was when I realized that um, I was getting test results on my testing, which I hadn't got before. So I was getting like really clean samples after using a bit of oil um, in the sample as well. So I thought that was strange. And I think really what inspired the whole project to me ultimately was mainly the fact that, yeah, I, I wanted to do something about the environment and I knew about these microplastics and I was trying out different ways to move them from water and then kind of stumbled across this way.
0: And where do you see this project going? How do you see this being implemented on a more industrial scale?
1: Um, Well, I think that um, this project um, will really find its use in ways to treat water, such as wastewater. So particularly um, wastewater where there's plastics inside. So this could very often be, um, for instance, uh, wastewater that you'd find from domestic waters uh, containing cosmetics and and washing machine particles and lots of things like that. I think also one could build it into ships and 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 use it as almost a byproduct of shipping. The water taken in by the ship to cool the engines could be used to remove plastics from water. Um, but I think yeah, uh, wastewater treatment is the major place and the other major place is drinking water treatment to make drinking water safe for us to drink, to remove microplastics from it. So currently what I'm mainly focusing on is drinking water because there's a lot of health concerns uh, surrounding taking in plastic. Uh, currently I am actually uh, getting an engineering team uh, together and they are building me a prototype, helping me. I I'm, I still have a big active role but We're together building a prototype, uh, which hopefully we will be able to license to some uh, different filter companies and uh, hopefully get used in some already existing filtration systems.
0: I know, obviously, these things are probably hard to predict, but when would you anticipate that possibly coming to fruition?
1: Um, I anticipate a product by next June, um, a product for the consumer to be able to use. Um, I'm currently very, very close to the stage where where a prototype will be built. And that's quite a um, fast process in in the scheme of things that I'm currently working on. And I think that after um, Christmas, I'm really looking at licensing um, the technology um, just for drinking water. I still want to work around on some ideas I have uh, for the wastewater aspect as well at the same time.
0: And would you say that you are hopeful? I mean, I don't know why you would be working on this if you weren't, but a lot of the statistics and projections about the environment about plastic production and pollution are pretty grim to say the least but are you hopeful that things can change and what will need to happen specifically regarding plastics in order to save our future on this planet
1: well I think that um, yeah the statistics aren't very good. But I think that what we also have to our advantage is that we have a whole new generation of of people who are from a very young age being taught about these issues. Um, You know, 10 years ago, people were not really aware of microplastics. And I think now even children hear of them. So I think that means that we have an influx of new ideas, new young people who have completely fresh concepts, which people haven't heard of yet. Um, And those ideas could very, very well be exactly what we need to come up with solutions to our problem. I think it'll most definitely be very, very difficult uh, to go back in time to the way it was before plastics, but I'm optimistic in saying that we can try and stabilize the situation um, without having a much, much greater inflow of, of plastics into the environment. And I think also, finally, that at some stage we will develop methods that the plastics can actually be broken down um sustainably back to carbon hydrogen oxygen um hopefully maybe through enzymes and things so like that even plastic in the environment can be safely broken down and uh, yeah hopefully degraded to a safe level
0: and are you encouraged by older scientists or is there a lot of ego and kind of just wait your turn kid kind of mindset
1: well I think um, it's really really difficult as a young scientist to really get people to believe your idea and really to, to read what you've done. Um, so that often is, is, is quite difficult and I, I think that the really the science fairs that I've participated in have helped me with this because there's been you know, quite big scientists are judging there and then they really see what we're up to. But I think that without the science fair backing I found it extremely difficult at first to market my idea, talk to people about it. They just didn't believe me. They said, yeah, oh, that's just a school project. Um, And that was very, very difficult. But I do think that there is change. And I think that more and more people are seeing that there are creative, exciting, hopefully new and innovative ideas uh, out there from young people. And slowly people are listening to them a little bit more.
0: Well, that's good. Uh, Do you think that, media coverage of this issue has been effective. You know, we see islands of plastic all over and you see a lot of cleanup efforts, and that's great and extremely important. But do you think issues such as microplastics get enough attention?
1: Um, well, I think that they are increasingly getting more and more attention. And I think that if three years ago, um, I would have asked um, yeah, many people around me uh, about what microplastics were, they probably wouldn't have known. And I think that it is remarkable how quick media has been able to convey the very urgent method, uh, message of the microplastic pollution. So I do think that media has been effective and almost everybody knows about the big garbage patches and the pollution we're causing. And, and more and more storytelling that we can see through the media really is hitting more and more people um, In yeah, and hopefully impacting them. And really that they see the destruction that is being caused and like that they can resonate with that and uh, hopefully feel um, like they can make a difference as well. So I do think media coverage has been successful, but I think there is always ways to improve. And I think that um, uh, more and more media hopefully will turn towards looking at these issues and, and hopefully like that we can use media as a tool to power innovation as well.
0: And with this media coverage, there's a narrative that really puts the blame on consumers, rightfully so. But something that isn't talked about nearly enough is the connection between plastics and the fossil fuel industry. Something that kind of blew my mind when we hosted a film screening of the story of plastic early this year was learning that 99% of plastics are made from fossil fuels. And we're seeing major investment from fossil fuel industries in plastics. And it's projected that CO2 emissions from plastic are expected to triple by 2050. Shouldn't we be thinking more about the plastic dilemma straight from the source?
1: Um, Well, I think that it's really not right to blame the consumer in this because I think uh, these plastics are not being created by the manufacturers with an end in sight. How can you ask the consumer to do something um, with the product that you've created uh, to sustainably recycle it if it is essentially not recyclable? Um, and I think that so many products are branded as recyclable, whereas where the companies themselves know that actually they most probably will not be able to recycle these um, if they actually get into the recycling company. So yes, I think it's so important that the, the companies um, really try and develop their, their products with the end in sight, trying to, trying to bring circularity into the product. And I think um, where possible, we should really not look at recycling and more look at reuse. So I think the future really lies in trying to make things more modular, um, that we can take things apart and reuse the parts because naturally um, even recycling will actually have a huge fossil um, or a huge fossil fuel intake, um, but also have huge carbon dioxide outputs. So I think it's really important that um, we don't blame the consumer. I'm not sure if we should blame the fossil fuel companies all the way back, because uh, currently it is, I think, possibly, um, or, well, it is uh, the most, yeah, the easiest. And I think still possibly uh, one of the the only ways to really mass produce uh, plastics at the moment from fossil fuels. Um, but I do think that we really need to blame the people who are making the plastic, uh, which might not be the fossil fuel company. Um, and, and I think those people who are making the plastic really need to look at their formulations, uh, try and simplify them, and try and make the plastics easy to, to be recycled or ultimately reused.
0: Hmm. And that being said, you kind of talked about it a bit, but what can people like me, who dropped chemistry in college and will never discover a method for removing microplastics from the environment, do to help combat this issue?
1: Well, I think that um, you don't need a chemist. Uh, you don't need to be a chemist to, to combat issues like this. Um, I, just because I like chemistry, have decided to tackle this issue uh, from the chemistry angle. But I really feel that no matter what you're studying, um, everything is so interlinked. So if, if you're um, looking at, 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 at policies, at, at the arts, you can really look at um, the, the policies and, and the different uh, rules and, and governance surrounding plastics. I think that can make a difference. If you're into, uh, yeah, looking at, at the movements of people and the habits of people, there again lies a huge issue um, with plastics. We can even look all the way over on, on the other side at, at, at fine art and, uh, and also design. And those can also be really, really useful tools to convey the really urgent message um, about plastic pollution. So I think nobody um, can use uh, their subject of study as an excuse for not doing something about the environment because I think really everybody can and everybody's subject line, even if they're not studying anything, um, even if you're still a young child, I think everybody has the power to make a difference.
0: And I was reading an article about microplastics from Columbia University, and it said there is no clear technological path to the removal of microplastics at any scale. And you found a path. When someone says something hasn't been done and it likely can't be done, does that motivate you? Does that excite you?
1: Uh, I just really, really like uh, working around uh, things and, and think of it a little bit like a crossword puzzle. Um, I'm actually not really a fan of crossword puzzles, but I am a fan of uh, of similar puzzles um to do in the scientific world. So, I really, really like a puzzle where I don't get the answer. Um, so I like that I can really puzzle around a bit. And for me, it was not a case of actually, yeah, want or actually needing to discover something new. For me, it was just a case that, yeah, I get a couple of days where that where I can build some machines and, yeah, they look cool, they probably don't work. And I don't really care. I just really like that process. Um, But yes, something does motivate me when they say, well, this has not been done yet, or this can't be done or is likely not to be done. Well, that does really motivate me to try and see, yeah, what I can do. Because in the worst case scenario, I come to this same conclusion that they come to.
0: And where do you think we can make the biggest change? Policy or innovation? or do we need to see these as equally important?
1: Well, I think um, you can't separate policy or innovation. And I think um, not only are they equally important, but I think also um, they cannot uh, work by themselves in either way. They really need to work together. Because I think um, policy can't be brought about unless there is often new innovation um, to to back that up and and, and make it easier. And I think uh, equally, Um, If we've got scientists working on some really cool idea without policy and and without people uh, implementing that science, it is wasted time. So both of those really need to go hand in hand.
0: I'm wondering, have you seen recently any science projects from kids or young adults that have really inspired you?
1: Yeah, well, I have to be careful here. I can't uh, talk about other people's projects and and make any errors, but also some of them might be intellectually, yeah, might have intellectual property rights uh, associated with them. Um, but I've had the pleasure of working on some other, yeah, young scientist programs, including the Young Plastic Pollution Challenge from Plastic Soup Foundation here in the Netherlands. And I've seen some really, really inspiring projects um, to tackle the the plastic waste way. Um, yeah, looking at bigger plastic waste in water. Um, some projects that I really admire, which are also quite, um, yeah, in development are, for instance, the great bubble barrier uh, to to gather up apl- plastics in water uh, through bubbles in water and then collect them up. Um, I also really find it amazing uh, to see the projects that are coming out of, of countries um, like Indonesia um, and uh, and Vietnam, and there you can see some very, very Crude projects and very simple projects, which are actually making a difference on a larger scale, and um, just by through policy getting people to, to to pick up, clean up, or or or, or simply by banning plastic products. Um, but specifically from young people, um, I think that I get quite a few different emails all the time from people who who reach out to me and they say, oh, um, you've inspired me, which I think is really nice. But what I really love um, asking for and seeing is the projects that they're working on. And often um, they're still in the early seedling stages, um, but those projects um, often I see have a freshness, um, might be approaching something from a different angle. And uh, yeah, I'm always amazed at, at what people come up with. Um so if anyone listening has any cool ideas and if you have any questions for me uh, don't hesitate to reach out.
0: Um so last question something that I ask everyone what would you say to someone who wants to make a positive change but does not know where to start?
1: Well I think um there I've got a little bullet point list that might help you. And I think uh the the first part of that list is uh to look at what you care about because um I think it will be very, very difficult to make a positive change if you don't really care about a topic. So think about the things that you really love and think about how they're being impacted um, by, uh, yeah, or by some issue that's happening on the world. I think then it's important to see if you have any ideas, no matter how bizarre, on ways that you think um, the goal um, of trying to stop that impact could be made and you write them down. And then um what I think is really, really important, bullet point number three, is to go for a big long walk without a notepad, without your phone, without anything. I don't know, like here at least it's mandatory to have your ID, so maybe you should have your ID with you. Um, But really with the bare minimum, nice long walk and uh and don't actively think about it. Actually try not to think about these ideas. And I guarantee that during that walk you will come up with some interesting ways to link the ideas between each other. And uh, I think really the linking of concepts that you already have created um, will bring about something new. And often uh, unexpected linking is really what's required.
0: Well, thank you, Fionn, for your time. And thank you for joining the Bold Moves Only podcast. Well, thank you
1: very much. I think it's been uh, quite fun to answer your questions. And if any of the listeners have any questions, uh, yeah, they, they can reach out anytime.
0: Hey, thanks to Fion for joining the pod. I highly recommend you take him up on his offer if you are listening to this and want some feedback. But also, here's a little call to action for you all. Refuse single-use plastic. And if you can't refuse it, reduce it. And find natural alternatives when you can. I know it's hard, but a lot of us actually have the luxury to be more mindful about it, so we should actively be thinking about this in our daily life. Thank you all for listening, and let's be bold.